stand with me. We're going to turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 13, and we're going to read verse number 20. Proverbs 13, and we're going to read in verse number 20. And uh, we have uh, been here uh, on our sermon series, uh, The Walk, the Wisdom, and the Will of God. And we have been uh, studying and looking here at the Word of God upon the subject of wisdom. And uh, we find as to where the Word of God has much to say in response that God desires wisdom to be practiced, to be lived out and applied in the lives of His people. Uh, When we think about wisdom, or, or should I say it like this, when I think about wisdom, Brother Gary, I realize that it is a tool, it is a defense that God has bestowed and has given to His body, given to His bride, those who would ask, those who would seek. Last, uh, last uh, sermon on this, we talked about the fact that we are to pursue it. That when we pursue something, we are speaking of its importance and priority in our lives. Did you know that the, the Lord does not want us to be sidelined, distracted, or destroyed because we are not utilizing wisdom? Wisdom in our lives, wisdom in our walk with God, wisdom in our interaction with others, not only within the body of Christ, but also those outside of the body of Christ. And uh, all of us can testify and all of us know, Brother Eli, the enemy is out to get us. The enemy is looking of whom he may devour, who he wants, Brother Chad, to kill, still and destroy. And so, therefore, we need to be operating in wisdom, operating in wisdom in all of our affairs of living and in our walk with God. And so tonight, we're going to be looking here at one of the ways that we can become wise. That's what we've been concentrating on. We have talked about if you want wisdom, ask God. That's very simple, isn't it? That sounds almost too simple. But the Word of God says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Make it something you ask God about. Pray about. Seek after. And these are some of the things that we have been looking at. We have talked about asking God. We have talked about uh, pursuing wisdom. And so tonight we're going to look at this subject of positioning yourself around wise people. Positioning yourself around wise people. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them, says, it does matter who you keep company with. Amen. Now be sweet. Some of you giving somebody the stinky eye next to you. Uh, don't, don't use this as a chance to be ornery. Sister Carmen, I'm watching you over there now. I'm what? Oh, she's pointing. At, okay. I'm watching you, Sister Gloria. Don't be, yeah. Don't be, don't be a, 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 a accusing somebody. Amen. But uh, it does matter who we are in relationship with, who we are with. Amen. Proverbs 13 and 20. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? Let's read this together. One verse. Very simply stated, let's read it together. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools 
shall be destroyed. Now, I don't know about y'all, but it just doesn't get much plainer than that, does it? It's pretty simple, isn't it? He says, in essence here, if you want to be wise, he said, then be with wise people. He said, but if you want to see your life destroyed, if you want to see your home destroyed, your family destroyed, he said, then you link up with foolish people. And he said, it's going to happen every time. Every time. Now, some right now, maybe in this setting, you're saying, Pastor, why would you preach to us adults and seasoned saints and hear about companions and friendships? We're not teenagers anymore, and we're not this and we're not that. Because let me tell you something, that the principle and the power of relationship and our connection does not stop when you're 16. Come on, somebody. But it carries on, and every day there are opportunities as to who we're going to let in, who we're going to connect with, and what do we do about that? What do we do about that? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for your people. I pray even now, Lord, let our minds be focused. Let us lock in and concentrate on you. I pray even now, Father, that you would have your will and your way. Let your word go forth. Let it accomplish what it is sent to do. And, Father, I pray challenge our hearts tonight. Help us, Lord. We want to operate in wisdom. Help us to understand the power and the dynamic of relationship. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated here this evening. A few Sunday nights back, I preached on the subject of strengthen the bonds of fellowship. And we were talking about what our role is as brothers and sisters here in the family of God. What it is that we are to do. How we are to act and how we are to behave around one another, the importance, the call, the mandates that God has placed upon his church. Do you know, let, let, well, let me say it like this. When I was growing up, I had no question, I had no doubts because my mom did this in front of me and I knew, Sister Linda, what was expected of me. But, uh, but um, on several occasions, my mother reminded me that if I was going to be somewhere outside of her eye, outside of her care, I was told us to remember who I was representing. I was reminded that I was to behave myself, mind my manners, that I was to take care of the house, the property, wherever it was I was staying. I did not go in and I did not have permission just to go somewhere and act a fool. Amen. As a matter of fact, my mom on more than one occasion, especially with those that we knew very well that were close to our family. I still remember one of my best buddies growing up. He lived just down the road from our house. He and I, there was a, a gravel road that ran between my house and his house. And I mean, we beat down that gravel path, him coming to see me and me going to see him. We was riding bikes. We was camping out in the backyards of 
each other's houses. And I knew my buddy very well. He knew me. He knew my mama's rules. I knew his mama's rules. And his mama's name was Karen Summers. And I still remember standing in there, Brother Stephen, in her uh, in her kitchen area right there. I was going to be spending the night, Brother Eli, with my buddy Brent. And I still remember my mom there. And she said in front of Miss Karen, she said, now Jacob knows how he's supposed to act. And she said, if he doesn't act right, Miss Karen, you've got every right. She said, you whip him. Amen. She said, you just take care of him. I know that makes some folks nervous. And nowadays, we may not give everybody permission just to whip the kids. But I'll tell you this. Brother Eli, I knew. I knew. And Miss Karen, she didn't even flip. She didn't laugh and say, oh, I wouldn't do that. She said, yes, ma'am, I'll take care of him. All right, Brother Chris. I said, okay, I'm going to behave myself. Amen. But I, because I, I knew what was expected of me. And let me say this. I had told you in the course of this sermon series that we were going to deal with some things that maybe we look at and you'd say, well, Brother Jacob, I don't know. That's just kind of more practical teaching. Is it really spiritual? Is it really something that we need to talk about? But let me say this. There is all kinds of misbehavior and dysfunction and a mistreatment of what goes on in the body of Christ. There is what if there is one thing that I have seen that has taken believers under quicker than anything else. It is not a, 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 an addiction. It is not necessarily a, a, some some big bad ugly sin that knocks somebody out. It is not. A, a, it, it is not not some great terrible immorality but and you would say well brother Jacob those things do come into play I've seen it happen in the lives of young believers or I've seen people uh, you know lose out on God because they slip back in but here's one of the things that I have noticed that is in common with those things there might be addictions and there might be lifestyle situations and there might be bad habits but what happens is is oftentimes there is someone connected to such behavior. There is somebody connected to and maybe did those things with somebody. Maybe participated in a certain way. And I have seen on more than one occasion as to where what was that took believers out of the house of God. That caused a backsliding. That caused them to be cold and indifferent. Maybe where they would sit and grow bitter on a pew. It was because of connections that they had in their lives. It was because of who they were giving their ear to, who they were opening their heart to, who they were spending their time with. Friends, can I say, there is something very spiritual about our relationships. Amen. About our relationships. Now, some of you get nervous right now and say, Brother Jake's going to land blast us and tell us we can't be friends with nobody except for those right here in Victory Temple. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. First of all, let me say this, is that it, there is the importance of relationship, and God knows the power of relationship, because I've often said it like this, I believe that when God looks at math, if, we can, if I can just use this analogy, we in our humanity, we look at addition. 
right? One plus one is two. But what God does, Sister Amy, I believe he specializes in multiplication because we find that when God would do things, he would multiply it. Amen. And so as a a result, he understands that relationships are a multiplier because one plus one, my impact on somebody else, there's no way that I can reach everyone just by myself. And not only that, but my sphere of influence is limited because Brother Eddie knows some folks that I don't know. And Brother Chad's going to meet some folks that I don't know. And then uh, Brother Bert's going to know some folks that Chad don't know. But what happens is, is when we can get one who links up and there's relationship with another, the way that God works is that person's connected to another person. And they're connected to another person. Did you know? that right here tonight in this house there are some of you that are born again, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost because somebody along the way, the multiplication aspect was at work because God sent someone to connect with you and God sent someone to reach to you and God was able to use that person because God had met and and made a connection with somebody else that affected the person that affected you. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say we are not in this by ourselves. We are not in this thing alone. We are not called to be isolated and lone rangers. But I will say this, God uses the power of relationship to bring people into the household of faith. I'm here and you're here because of relationships that have been established along the way. Amen. Along the way. Now you'd say, well, but I came on in here. I I came visited all by myself. But just even the seed, the thought of coming and being in the house of God, it was planted in your heart by somebody, some relationship somewhere. So relationships are spiritual. We find in the very beginning that God had said it's not good for man to be alone. He understood the significance of what it was for Adam to have a helpmate. We take a look in the Song of Solomon. Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, we're reading out of. He as well said this. He said two in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said two are better than one. He said, if one falls, he said, if he's by himself, I'm paraphrasing, he said, who's going to help him up? Said, we need another. Said, if he's there cold, said, how would he stay warm without the companionship of another? And so we come to find this principle and we come to find this aspect that relationship, it is spiritual. There are some and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when I have encountered those of the household of faith that it is their mindset, it is their disposition, it is their attitude that they just can't stand anybody. Ooh, it's quiet right now. They can't stand anybody. I don't like people. I don't want to be around people. God's doing just good enough work. Get me into the God's house. Come on here. I ain't got to like them, but I got to love them. We hear, we hear all kinds of stuff all the time. Right? We hear all this kind of talk all the time. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. Is that such a heart and an attitude 
needs to be readjusted by the power of God. It needs to be readjusted by the power of God. We need one another. I've said that once, and you'll probably hear me say it a hundred more times tonight. We need one another. The Bible says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So not only is relationship important, but who you are in relationship with is important. Take a look at the people who are, you surround yourself with your friends and your companions. And let me ask this question. Are they filled with a desire to live a wise and godly life? Let me ask it like this. The people who you are around, the people who you are around, the people you surround yourself with, do they help to draw you closer to the Lord? Do they help you along the way? Now, you'd say, well, Brother Jacob, I, you know, I've got this argument and I've got this argument. Let me just say this. If you don't hear anything else, ask yourself that question. The people I surround myself with. Now, listen, I know that there are some that, uh, well, somebody once said this. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. I had a young man, we, we were today at the school, we were having rehearsals for our awards and our graduation and all this. And one of, the, one of the young men who's graduating, I was sitting talking with him after we were done with our rehearsals and everything. And we were talking and he said, Brother Jacob, he said, I'm just going to warn you. He said, I, 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 I don't know. And he said, I, I can't be held responsible. He said, but I, all I know is to tell you like this. He said, I've got a colorful family. And I said, that's okay. He said, no, no, really. He said, I've got a colorful family. He said, you know my parents and you know my brother. He said, he said we ain't anything like our family. And he, and he was worried about it. And I, and I don't know, Brother Pickens, maybe he's worried they're going to do something that's going to embarrass him or whatever, whatever the case might be. And I told him, I said, brother, I said, I've seen a whole lot of colorful people in my lifetime. It's quite all right. We're going to make it through. You're going to be just fine. But somebody said, you, can't, you, you, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And we know and understand that there are some of these things, and there are connections, and there's people that you're around. And you would say, Brother Jacob, I'm around them, and they are lost. They are hurting. They are broken. They need somebody. Are you telling me I can't be their friend? No, I'm not saying that at all. However, I will say this. It is true that, yes, Jesus was even criticized for sitting and eating supper with the sinners, with fellowshipping with the publicans and, and the different ones that high society and the religious minded looked upon them and said they, if he was really the Messiah, he wouldn't fellowship with them. He wouldn't be sitting there. He wouldn't be doing that because they had a self-righteous attitude and they thought that they were better than. But there is a difference, amen, with setting and sharing and setting and testifying, setting an example and versus participating in the mess that people are in. And can I say this? We as a church are in a dangerous place because in the same token, you take a look around in the church age that we live in. From the pulpit to the back pew, we've got pastors that they just want to act like any Johnny come lately. They're doing everything they can to fit into the ideology of this world. Well, we don't want to stand out or stand apart too much. And, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, well, we don't 
want to have to do much of anything. We don't want people to be offended. We don't want to call out sin. We don't want to do this and do that. We'll run people off. Let me say this, and you've heard me say it many times. Let whosoever will come on in here. But may there be enough of Christ in us, in these pews, in your life and in my life, to understand you can come in as you are. But God's got the power to change a life, break an addiction, heal a marriage, change a mind. We ain't got to sit around and coddle and sit around with the idea that says, oh, don't you worry. We're just going to be very accepting. Have you noticed the message of inclusiveness that the world is preaching? Everybody, all things, all religions, all this, all loves, all lives, all these. Listen, be careful. Be careful. Well, Brother Jake, you're being hard-nosed, and we don't, like, we don't like what you're saying. We don't agree with you. Well, listen to me. It's not what I have to say. It's what God's Word has to say. I want you to understand something. Jesus was very exclusive. What do you mean by that, Brother Jake? Because when he stood and he told somebody, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And what did he go on to say? No man comes to the Father but by me. Every religious demon and every, every fleshly spirit riled up and got mad and couldn't stand it. Let me tell you, listen to me. The idea of being inclusive, the idea of being inclusive from the world's standpoint... Let me paraphrase it with that. Give you that disclaimer. With the world standpoint, it is this. Accept me, accept my sin, and don't you expect me to change. To where God's idea of including everyone, he said, whosoever will. He said, Jew and Gentile, black and white, man and woman, it doesn't matter. He said, you can come, but you'd better be sure to know I am the way. There's not many gods there's not many paths. His word still said straight is the gate and narrow is the way. It still takes the blood of Jesus. I don't care if you kiss the Pope's ring, shook the preacher's hand, or your name's on 15 church rolls. At the end of the day, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Well, I just don't know if I can be a part of a group like that. Let me tell you something. That's what heaven's going to be made up of. But did you know that people are responding to that message? Why do you, how can you say that, Brother Jacob? It seems so rigid. It seems like a narrow point of view because, Sister Carmen, John the Revelator said, I looked around that throne room and he said, Brother Pickens, I saw every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every nation, and they were singing praises to the Lamb of God. They were those who had been washed in the blood. Oh, please hear me. Right, friends, it is important the relationships we make, but most, and most importantly, the heart with which we do it. The heart with which we do it. So I'm asking you, somebody once said this, you are the summary of the five people closest to you. You are the summary of the five closest people to you. 
Has anybody ever told you, say, you're just like your mama? You're just like your daddy. Right? One lady said, today I was correcting my kids. I opened my mouth and my mom showed up. There are some of you sitting in this, in this sanctuary tonight. No, 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 let me change that. All of us sitting in here, there was something that your mom or daddy used to say or they used to do. And when you was a kid, a teenager, you'd go stomping to your room. I mean, you was fit to be tied. You was mad. Go ahead and admit it. You was mad. You was upset. You didn't like them very much. And Sister Sandy, I know it's a probably a far stretch saying you ever did this, but I'm just going to go out on a limb right here and go ahead and just pretend that you did. But, but going out there, and saying, I'm, I'm, have you ever said, I'm never going to say that to my kids. I'm never going to do that to my kids. I'm never going to. Come on. But you can't help it. It's in you. It's in your DNA. It shows up. Amen. And it exemplifies itself. Because there are things, again, it's the power of Connection relationship he who walks with wise people can I say this and you can flat out disagree and say no brother Jacob that shouldn't be the case it's only the relationship with God but let me just say this very carefully and hear hear your pastor tonight your spiritual success and let me even say your ability to stay saved to keep the victory to live a life above sin is going to be tied to who you're tied to. Just how it is. Can I tell you how many times I've been brokenhearted as a pastor, as a youth pastor, when I've seen a young couple, a teenager, come in, and they linked up, they found Mr. Wright, they found Mrs. Wright, and they know better, they know better that that boy or that girl ain't no more saved than anybody. They know they ain't living for God. They know, and boy, can we, when we're bit by the love bug, buddy, I mean, that folks will just turn on every excuse. Well, how many times as a pastor have I heard this? I'm going to save them. I'm going to bring them to church. I'm, you watch. They're gonna, their life going to be turned around. Brother Chris, in a matter of a month, I've seen that one who declared to me that that was they was going to t turn them and that they would not lose out, never come back to church. Wind up with scars, pain in their life, and you know what I'm talking about. Things that cannot be undone and living with the consequence of a connection. Now let me say this. I've got to hurry through some of these things here. First, let me make this, let me make this point. I want to ask the question, or no, let me, I'm not asking the question. I'm letting you know, you are contagious. You are contagious. We have heard in the last few years all about being contagious, haven't we? We've got plexiglass, we've got masks, we've got vaccines, we've got six-foot rules. We've got, I mean, we've got all kind of stuff, right, to where we aren't contagious, Oh, preacher, don't you let them down there and you're all, don't get to praying with everybody. Don't shake hands. Don't hug necks. I, don't you know, it's, we're all contagious. I get it. I understand. But let me say this. There is something that is contagious about you. It is your attitude. It is your walk with God. 
Can I say that tonight that you are impacting someone's decision whether or not they're going to serve God? I've told you before, but let me share this story with you again real quick. There's a true story. A woman who every time she was in a church service and they had prayer requests, she'd lift her hand. Pastor, please pray for my husband. He needs to be born again. I can't get him to church. I mean, I've tried everything. I've begged, borrowed, I've pleaded, I've done all this. I, we're just praying. Every service. And a lot of folks, boy, they'd go up to her and say, oh, say, oh sis, we're praying with you. We're believing with you. She'd meet there in the altar and cry and weep and oh it's okay it's okay sis we're praying with you we're believing with you we're going to do all this and come to find out every time she left church and went home the what she did sister Chambly is she would sit down with her husband and she would tell him how brother so and so is a crook and this one is a thief and this one is a liar and that sister can't be trusted and that preacher's to this and that song leaders to that come on here and what was she doing she was completely undoing everything she prayed for because she was poisoning his mind she was telling him everything that she thought was wrong with the church well I wonder why the man never came to God's house I wonder why he's never born again I wonder why I never wanted to attend a service because brother Christian her negative attitude her bitter spirit was contagious it was contagious and you and I we are contagious your connection with somebody is contagious just as they are with you can I tell you greater than the pandemic greater than COVID-19 greater than the flu greater than anything else who is rubbing off their actions and attitudes how is it attracting you or what are you doing to somebody else I pray tonight that if it is your heart or your mind, are you full of bitterness? Are you full of judgment? Do you not have any room for mercy or grace? Can I ask you this? Is everything conversation that comes out of your mouth, is it a complaint? If that is the case, let me lovingly tell you, you are not impacting anybody for Christ. You're not. Well, Brother Jacob, I, I'm living in reality. I ain't going to go around and say a bunch of stuff that I don't think is true. That's fine. Then don't say nothing at all. Did your mama not teach you? If you can't say nothing lies, don't say nothing at all. Come on. Somebody asked me a question the other day. I'm not preaching to you anything that I don't have to practice. Somebody asked me a question the other day. They said, what about such and such? And I just smiled. And they looked at me and smiled and they said, Brother Pickens, they said, what about such and such? And I just smiled. You know what they did? They said, oh, okay. <laughs> and they walked on. You know Why? Because the truth was, the truth was that what I could have said, it wouldn't have sounded very nice. But you know what? I didn't want to be found guilty. I just didn't want to be found guilty of impacting somebody else and their attitude or their thoughts. Amen? Amen? You are contagious. 
There are those who are so in love with Jesus. There are those who have a walk with God. And it is, as a matter of fact, it, is, it has transcended time. And what do you mean by transcended time? Because there are some of you, I hear the way you talk about loved ones in your life. I hear the way some of you talk about saints who were in this church that have went on to be with the Lord. And you'd say, boy, I never met someone like, who prayed like them. I never met someone who served like them. I never met someone who loved like they did. I never seen somebody give the way they give. I never saw somebody invest the way they invested. I never saw somebody. They didn't care whether or not anybody noticed. They were just there for everything. And it has transcended time. Why? Because they were contagious. Brother Christian, let it be said of us that long after I'm gone, they were somebody who was in love with Christ. And they loved people. And they did all they could to try to get focused into the house of God. Brother Granberry was my super, district superintendent in South Texas for a number of years. Pastored at Green Bio Assembly of God. A tremendous man of God. And he was one of those men, at least for me, I just love being around him. He just, he permeated, he exuded Christ. He just... And, and he preached, he preached for our installation service at Glad Tidings Assembly of God in Corpus. And he, in that message, he talked about the importance of what it was to be an encourager. And he said these words, Brother Danny, he said, I don't want to die. And in my later years, it's just been said, he was a bitter old man. He said, I want to encourage somebody along the way. He said, I want to let somebody know they can make it. I want to let somebody know that this isn't how the story ends. He said, I want to, with my last breath, to be pointing people to Christ. You're contagious. You're contagious. If you want to get an idea of how your children feel about God or how your children feel about church, ask them. See what their answers say, and then be honest if their answers sound like something that you've had conversation about at home. See if what they feel about the Lord is brought up by something that you've said, whether right or whether wrong. So I'll tell you something, sometimes your child's conversation will humble you quickly. Because they are listening, even when you don't think, they are paying attention Sadly, we've got kids, they can tell you about church trouble before you ever hear it from mom and daddy. Well, did you know so-and-so did this or said this? Where did you get that from? Come on here. So be careful. You are contagious. Wise people walk with wise people. Foolish people, a companion of fools is destroyed. What's destroyed? Your testimony is destroyed. The testimony of Christ, most importantly, is destroyed. The reputation of the church is destroyed. The opportunity for men, women, and children to be born again is destroyed. The Bible even says that, cor that corrupt communication, that it, it destroys good manners. 
You're contagious with what's going on. It is what others persuade you to give space to, to think about, to say, what to listen to. Come on here. What you're listening to, what you're watching, what you promote in your conversation. Did you know that some people will take permission to do something based off of what it is said that you do? They will take permission, think about that. They will take permission off to do something based off of what you said that you do. That is where Scripture implies to be careful that you are not a stumbling block to somebody. That you are not a stumbling block. Paul had said it like this, if I can paraphrase. He said, I'm free to do all things. However, he said, I am going to control myself and understand that there are some things that if I was free to do, he said, it would be a stumbling block to those around me. There are some things I don't do. There are some places I don't go. There are some things I don't wear or I don't listen to for the simple fact or I don't watch that the simple fact that it's because as a pastor, I'm held, I believe, to a higher standard. And somebody's looking at my life, even unbeknownst to me, and somebody's going to take permission to do something based off of what I do. You're contagious. Somebody say, I'm contagious. Oh, no, that's not good enough. Shout it. Say, I'm contagious. Thank you. Let's me know that you're awake tonight. Let me say this. I'm moving quickly. Connection. You've heard me say connection. Wisdom is connection with those who are going to draw you closer to Christ. Listen to this. Mark chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus, listen to this, saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. What did it mean he was born afore? Brother Jeremy, what that meant is that man, we've heard the story, his bed was carried by four unknown men. But Sister Amy, what I do believe, they were his friends. They were his friends. Maybe, this is just Brother Jacob, maybe on one corner was a blind man who received his healing. And on another corner was a leper who received his healing. And maybe on another corner was a deaf and mute man, and he had received his healing. And another man on the other side, he was demon-possessed, and he had received his deliverance. Come on, somebody. And so they saw that one there. They said, that's our friend, and we're going to get him to Jesus. And the Bible differentiates. The Bible says this, that man received his healing first. His sin 
sins were forgiven. Then his body was healed. But it said when Jesus saw their faith, it said nothing about the man with the palsy. It said their faith because they got him to the house. They got him on the roof and they tore the roof off. Can I just tell somebody in here, I want to be surrounded by some folks that'd say, I'm not going to beat the pastor to death. I'm going to carry him into the throne room. I'm going to pray for him. And I want to agree together with folks in this house and say, I'm going to pray for you. I could criticize you all day long. I could talk about you and your mama and your dog and your cat all day long. But I refuse to be a tool of the adversary. I want God to utilize me to carry somebody to Christ. Hear me. The next time you get ready to tear into somebody in this household right here, remember that. It is easy to destroy somebody, but it takes an attitude of Christ and it exhibits wisdom when you can pick somebody up. When you can grab a corner somewhere and say, I'm going to pray him through it. Come on here. Well, what about so-and-so, Brother Jake? Every time you turn around, they've done something dumb or they've done something, taken advantage of the church. What about them? They, I mean, don't you? They cut the catalytic converter off. The, come on. Yeah, I wanted to find somebody and karate chop them. Come on. But you know what I did? Is it aggravating? Yes. Frustrating, yes. Come on here. And I was, I was aggravated. But you know what? After my aggravation, Brother West, you know what the Lord said? Just pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for him. You know what? We never, they may never admit it, but wouldn't it be something that those thieves come on in here and just get born again? Come on. You hear what I'm saying? I'm praying they just have some bad dreams because they took the catalytic converter off the church bus. And they just, they don't know what's going on. They just got to, all they know, Brother Chris, they got to come in here and make it right. Come on here. Have you seen God do it? Yep. Can he do it? Yes. Come on. But here's what I'm going to promise everybody in this house. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. Here's what I'm going to promise everybody in this house. You're going to have a bad day. You're not going to be yourself. There's going to be days that you come into this church or you show up at a fellowship and you're rude and you're ugly and your attitude's not right. You know why I can say that with confidence? Because you're human and I'm human. There's going to be days that Brother Jake's mind is somewhere else and I'm going to walk past you, didn't even know he's there and I didn't even hear you speak to me. And you're going to have a choice right then and there. Well, look at him. Mr. Think he better than somebody. Well, I don't want any kind of pastor like that going to ignore me. Come on here. We're all going to have bad days. Before you tear into somebody, pick up a corner of the bed. Pick up a corner of the bed. And say, I'm going to make a kid. I'm going to get them to Christ. If you can help pray your pastor through, I'll help pray you through. And we'll just pray everybody through until we get Brother James to the, 
through the gates of that city. He that walks with the wise will be wise. He who's a companion of fools will be destroyed. Will be destroyed. When we look at this, we come to find, Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'll come, we come to find that man's life was revolutionized because they got him to Christ. Connection. The Word of God said in Psalms 1 and 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That scripture verse right there shows the progression of relationship. Because what happens a lot of times, if we're not careful, we can walk in the way. We're still in movement. We can walk past. We don't have to stop. We don't have to do anything. And he said, who walks not? He says, nor standeth. Get to a point where you... Give people your time and attention. And sometimes there's things in our hearts where you know you shouldn't be. You know with what they're saying isn't good for your soul. You know with what they're doing, what their habits are, it's not good for you. And you're standing, but you're paying attention. And then it says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Notice the progression. He went from walking to standing to setting. Making himself comfortable around connections that should not be. I know it's unpopular, and, it, it, and this may not be a problem in, this, in, this, in our particular church. But I'm just going to tell you something. You're saved and born again. You do not belong in a club on Friday night. And then try to be in here on Sunday. You don't go down the bar with the boys on Saturday and come in here and act a certain way. Hear what I'm saying? And, and we'll amen that, but let me also say this. And you don't sit at home and backbite your brothers and your sisters and then show up in here and expect to lift up holy hands because they're not holy then. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. If you want to see God continue to move the way that He's been moving, it's going to be strengthening those bonds of fellowship, walking in wisdom, walking in unity together with what we're doing and these all praying together, lifting one another up, encouraging one another. Amen. I know it's easier said than done, but can I tell you, it's worth it being done. Blessing comes. Power comes. The anointing comes. Revival comes when we do so. Can we bow our heads all over this place? Father, I thank you tonight for this family of God. I thank you tonight, Lord, for your faithfulness. And Lord, that you loved us. Thank you for the relationships in our lives that got us to this place of where we are. Thank you for those that have loved on us. Thank you for those that prayed for us. Thank you for people who picked up a corner of our bed and carried us to the house of God. Lord, I pray that you would search us and help us to realize we are only going to become wise and we're going to become more like you based upon our connections and our relationships. Lord, I pray you'd help us 
Help us to be careful, to be wary of those that there's nothing but complaint. There's nothing but division-causing attributes. Help us and check us, Lord, of who we're lending our hearts and our minds to, who we're giving our ear to. And Lord, challenge us, not only of who our associations are, but Lord, who we are impacting. Because we are contagious. Our connection is contagious. Have we been edifying the body? Or is what we're doing tearing it down? Are we encouraging somebody? Or is what we're doing, Lord, hindering somebody? Search us, Lord. Help us. We want to be wise. Don't want to be companions of fools. We don't want to do foolish things that bring destruction. But Lord, I pray, let us guard and protect your presence, your anointing, your truth. Lord, amongst this body, and one of the greatest ways to protect it is to make that connection, build those relationships, love one another, pray for one another. Challenge us tonight, Lord. Tonight, church, maybe you're here. Maybe tonight, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. Maybe you have found recently you cannot help yourself. You, found, you find a critique in everything. It doesn't matter what happens in people's life. It doesn't matter what happens in the church. You're going to criticize it. I'm just going to tell you as your pastor, you need to get that under the blood. You need to let God get a hold of that spirit. Maybe tonight... Maybe tonight it is bitterness. Maybe, maybe your feelings have been hurt and you want to share those hurt feelings with everybody around you. But what it's doing is it's, it's becoming detrimental to the people around you. And it's time to let God heal that in your life. Maybe tonight it's a situation Maybe tonight it's a situation of who you're connected to. Maybe it's a situation of who it is that you're linked up with, who you're giving your heart and your ear to. And the Lord is dealing even now about being careful, about being cautious. Don't let your life, don't let your testimony be destroyed. Let us be contagious for Christ. Let us show others the love of God. Let us pick up a corner of the bed and carry someone to Christ. If that's our hearts tonight, why don't we come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Can we just come and talk with the Lord tonight?